And now, heard across the world, it's time for Third and One with your host, Ryan Hyde. Actually, Dante, you're on time the first time we did this, so you're not always late. You're right. Not always late. He he fell for the second move. He didn't fall for the first one. He fell for the second fade. No, I, I knew the double. I knew the double move was coming. You know it was coming. <laughs> Just didn't know when, but I knew it was in the game plan. <laughs> Welcome to episode ten of the Third and One podcast. Today's guest had a 14-year career in the CFL, all with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He is a nine-time CFL All-Star and won the Most Outstanding Player Award in 2002. He is also a member of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Hall of Fame and was inducted into the Canadian Hall of Fame in 2012. Sorry, Canadian Football Hall of Fame in 2012. Please welcome to the show, Milt Stiegel. How's everything going? Good, Milt. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Just down here in Atlanta, uh, being safe, but uh, everything is great. Right on. Also, welcome to the show, former BC Lion great. Uh, defensive back Dante Marsh. How's it going, Dante? Pretty good, pretty good. So when I we chatted about having Milt Stiegel on the show, I decided that uh, I had better have you on here too. <laughs> uh, and you know, welcome back. I'm just glad to be in the presence of the great Milt Stiegel. The, the, the yin and the yang. The yin and the, all we need, I, I wish we had Corey Banks on and Otis Floyd, the whole crew. It, it would be nice. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I've reached out to Corey Banks and he hasn't returned my messages. So Dante, that one's up to you. All right, I'll get on this helmet. All right. <laughs> All right, Milt, so we're going to start with you. Okay. Uh, you were born in Cincinnati in 1970, the youngest of five children. What was your childhood like? Oh, I, had a, I had an excellent childhood. Uh, like you spoke, uh, just alluded to, I was the uh, last of five kids. Uh, I don't think my parents meant to have me. I, I consider myself the best mistake ever. So, I mean, <laughs> I had four older siblings and uh, because my parents, I mean, they provided greatly for uh, myself and my four older siblings. Uh, they worked their butts off and uh, they also were able to be there supporting me and my other siblings through sporting events. And when my parents couldn't be there, that's when my older siblings stepped in and made sure there was always someone there. So my childhood was excellent. I saw the sacrifice and the, uh, the hard work my parents put in, and that was instilled in me a uh, big reason, main reason why I was able to be successful in everything I encountered in my life. So my childhood was, uh, I, w- I wouldn't trade it for anything. Did your dad play football? No, 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 no. My father... Uh, was born in, in 1922 in Noonan, Georgia, and he was one of 11 kids. So uh, he had to work, he had to work a lot. You know, they were, they calling him poor would be an understatement, but my father knew there was something better out there for him and he knew it would happen because of hard work. So uh, he worked himself uh, after high school, he moved to Cincinnati and he worked even harder. So he never had that opportunity because of where he was groomed in Noonan, Georgia in 1922. and 
and the fact that he just had to make sure that he uh, had money in his pocket to provide for himself and his family. You spent four years at the University of Miami, Ohio, and then signed with the Cincinnati Bengals in 1992, where you were primarily used as a kick returner. In the 1995 season, you signed as a free agent with the Green Bay Packers. You were a late cut after a serious knee injury during the final days of training camp. After being cut, you headed north for Canada to play in the CFL. Did you know much about the CFL before you came to Canada? No, no, I, I knew very little about it. And I mean, I think more guys in my situation now would know more about it because of the internet and everything. But we're talking about 1995. There was no internet. Uh, I remember when I got released from Green Bay, I was assuming my career was over with because I hadn't, my agent hadn't heard from any other NFL teams. But then uh, he got a call saying that from Winnipeg saying, you know, we have Milt Stegall on our neck list. Would he like to come up and play? So my agent called me and like Winnipeg what the heck is that so looking in encyclopedia and see Winnipeg is above North Dakota I'm like I didn't know much about North Dakota let alone Winnipeg so I mean my thinking was at the time I'll give it a shot I was 25 you know I didn't have any responsibilities I said hey if I want to continue playing football this is the route I have to take so I went up there in September of 1995 I had no idea what I was getting into I mean I knew what Doug Flutie was doing up there and I watched the game like three or four o'clock in the morning on ESPN2, they had showed a game. But for the most part, I had no idea what I was getting into. John T., I think you can pretty much agree with that statement. Absolutely. I, I, like I told you before, I didn't know anything about Canada. I was so oblivious to uh, my geography. <laughs> Eskimo and it's freezing cold up there. You know, because you see some cartoons as a kid and you really – I didn't know anything about Canada other than Rocket Ismail, Doug Flutie, and I know Jeff Garcia had played up there, but I didn't know the deep history. I didn't know a lot of the, uh, you know, I didn't know the full Roaring Moon story at the time. I just mm-hmm. kind of here and there, and then a couple guys, uh, uh, Mustafa Muhammad, who's a Fresno State alumni, did win, I think, Rookie of the Year up in BC, yes. and then ended up signing with the Colts. So, uh, me and him had chatted uh, when I was in training camp with the Titans. Indianapolis came down and, and practiced with us for a week, and we got reacquainted. And you know, um, that was one person that I knew, like that I could see, feel, and touch that went to my college that played and had success up there. But other than that, I had no idea what what what, what I was going to get into, <laughs> or what the CFL was getting when you got to the CFL. Man, it it was it was it uh. It exceeded all my expectations. I yeah. thought, you know, I'm not gonna go. I was, I was arrogant. I was, man, I was. Yeah. Mess. I'm, I'm getting up, <laughs> man. I, yeah, I'm supposed to be an NFL man, you know, and got to uh, camp and and, and 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 done very well. So I was thinking it was gonna be a walk in the park until uh, Danny McManus and Hamilton came. <laughs> so my first four game, three or four games in the Canadian Football League were uh, rough. Will be an understatement. But mm. you know, like, like I said, you know, Wally told me like, man, I, I, you know, I knew better. I didn't care what I, I knew what I was getting. So, you know, it worked out. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Milt, how did you and Dante uh, kind of become friends and, and meet? Uh, you guys played on different teams your whole careers, right. so. Well, da- Dante, uh, him along with a couple other BC Lions and a couple other CFLers moved down to Atlanta. And we had played against each other and we had talked. But when I 
found out all these guys were moving out to Atlanta, I saw this was a perfect opportunity for us to get together uh, and form a little, you know, workout community. And it became more than just working out. You know, we, you know, our, as, as I spoke earlier, our, our families hung out. We formed a bond like no other. When we competed against each other, we went hard. But I knew I was competing against my little brothers, my nephews, and I had so much respect for them because I saw the way we worked out together in the offseason. And we had some tough workouts. There were a couple of times Corey was out there regurgitating, uh, guys out there crying, but that just made us better. I mean, you talk to any of us. I mean, Darren Durant worked out with us, Odell Willis, Terrence Atwoods, Robert Atwoods. I mean, we had so many guys. We were doing seven on seven, and it just made us better because we were talking smack like we were in the game. But that's the relationship we formed where I still communicate with these guys to this day. And that's more important than what we were able to do on the field, what we were able to do when we were working out because I formed relationships and I have friendships with these guys that will last forever. And that's something I cherish for the rest of my life. Definitely. Um, Milt showed me how to be a professional. Uh, uh, I, thought, I thought I knew uh, what I was doing. But you, you, in this game, even as a coach now, you you you'll never stop progressing and reinventing yourself and getting better. Like you just never like it's just just never ending. And I think that's the beauty of just the mentality that a, that a, that a, that us I would like to say in this big fraternity have. Like it's instilled in you at a very young age. It's just a never dying will to be better and better and better and i think that translates to a to a a, a a great after football life in general because you you pushed yourself all your life and then now and when you get into the corporate world or you still in football as a coach and you're you're being a leader it just makes you that much better um we pushed ourselves we had so many guys out there we had carrie colbert who's now the you know, former usc great yeah. safe pick now he's coaching at his alma mater I just was talking to him yesterday it's so many guys we had out there and it just it was fun and we pushed ourselves and I'm even off the field Milt showed, told, showed me and Corey how to do contracts um, this gave us the game man like and we just like sponges like okay 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 you know and I, I greatly appreciate that um, it's been one of my mentors in my circle um, in terms of showing me how to be on my game outside of the game. Mm. So that I'm, I'm, I'm greatly appreciative of that. And, and one more thing, Dante is giving that game back to the guys now he trained. Because if I know Dante, he's just not training them what to do. And I, I, I watch his social media. He's just not training them what to do on the field. But more importantly, how do you handle yourself off the field? Because majority of your life, you're not going to be playing sports. You're going to be dealing in the real world. So I'm sure he's giving that that knowledge back to these young kids. You you follow him on social media. You see him talking to him, talking about talking about okay, what to do on the field, but more importantly, what to do off the field. Because we all have lessons we learn. We make mistakes, but if you learn from those mistakes, they aren't mistakes. And that's the thing I love about Dante. He's giving that knowledge back to these young kids. He's training. It's awesome. I have to <laughs> because. Uh, when you have people pour into you, and I and I said this before, and I and I live by this. I think all former athletes that have had the the, the blessings and, and and opportunities to take it to that level, man. If there's an opportunity for you to get back into the game, if 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 you know, if the time will allow it, and your heart may be in it, I I I implore you, I encourage all former players. Yeah. 
get back into it because that's what the game is is missing and it's needed. I just, I just, not to run off on a tangent, but I just, in social media world and coaching for now five years at the junior college level and then one year at high school, these kids are just different. This generation is different. And I tell them, all, I say, you couldn't play in my era. Like, you want to know the worker? I got a guy that was 40 years old, had a six pack tighter than mine. I'll be going right now. So these, these are the lessons and the little experiences that I, that I, that I share with them because it's missing. Like whatever social media says, one of their little friends says is, is all of a sudden reality. It's the truth. Like perception is reality in this world we live in now. And we, we talked about it before, like the real is the fake and now the fake is the real. So for me, I'm, I'm a young 41. Like I physically move around and look like I'm in my twenties. So I would challenge these young dudes. <laughs> this guy did it to us, man. We like, damn, how he still moving like that? <laughs> so no, in all seriousness, it's just, hey man, this is how it's supposed to be done. And I and I and I tell the young guys, you know, one of the biggest mistakes or the or the things that goes over their head is the fact that success comes disguised as some Timberlands and a tool belt. Mm. Youngsters, they don't want to. They don't want to deal with them Timberlands and that too. Oh, you know what I'm saying? No. <laughs> That's the thing. They they see that and they don't want no parts of it. So I tell them, if you can, with all the, the all the resources that they have now, with guys like myself, Mill, like that, you can reach out and touch that will help you. Because when right. we coming up to get somebody like a Deion Sanders or a Rod Woodson. Well, I know that show, your era milk, but I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but to get to get a guy like a Milt Stegel, and I'm a I'm a I'm a teenager, and he's gonna give me impart so much knowledge on me that's that's light years beyond where I can even fathom. Right? Mm-hmm. It was unattainable. It cost yeah. an arm and a leg. But right. now the world is smaller, and people, you know, with social media and stuff, you can you can see what's going on in other 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 regions and other parts of the, of the country and the world for that matter. So. I just try to continue to hammer home, hey, you have way more resources than we ever had. Right. So yeah. utilize those resources, but adapt that old school work ethic so that you could be ultra successful. I think a lot of that too is um, to help show some of these younger people coming up, um, you know, some of the struggles that we went through uh, and, and hoping that they don't have to repeat those struggles right? and become a better person for it. So definitely. definitely. All right, Milt, in uh, 2005 against the BC Lions on Thanksgiving Day, and Dante, you probably were on the field for this. Uh, (laughs) You had four receptions for 234 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, One of those was a 101-yard score. How How crazy is that of a game was that for you, Milt? And and I burned Dante on all of them. It was was all (laughs) his No, no. It, it, it was funny because I remember Dante on one, and everyone thought it was Dante's fault because he was chasing me. But the fact was, his halfback didn't help him out, so it looked like he was his fault. But I mean, that that, that was a crazy game, you know, four catches for, and it was on a guy who lives in Atlanta who used to work out with is Tony Tiller, and that was his, was that his first? I think that was his first game, wasn't it, Dante? That was his first yeah. CFL game, and. Part. Anytime, and and Tony was a great athlete. He had great feet, great work ethic, but this was his first CFL game. And anytime I played against a guy who's never played in the CFL, I was like, okay, I'm going to show him up. I come out there and I'm nice and I'm unassuming. It's it's like my possum technique. I'm going to play dead, but all of a sudden I'm going to snap on you. And that's what happened to Tony. He was, 
he was put in a situation where it was going to be hard for him to win because that was his first game. And Dante, he was over there with Dante, and I don't care how much of a veteran you are, Dante was trying to help him out, but it was just a tough situation. And Kevin Glenn and I, the quarterback for me at the time, we were just clicking. Four catches, four touchdowns. It, it was just an amazing game. And it was one of the high points in our season that year because in 2005, we were pretty bad. I think we only won like seven or eight games, but that game was one of the most memorable uh, times during that year. We were just putting some fortunate situations, uh, some big plays. As I talked about earlier, playing against uh, Tony Tiller, his first game in the CFL that had back position, and it just happened to be one of those games uh, in, 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 in Winnipeg against BC Lions. Yeah, that was that was that was tough, man. So you know, Tony is my guy. TT, man. And it, <laughs> I think that was my second year. '05 was my second year. So I had came in, won the starting job in '04 in a training camp. They cut the, it was Shad Chris, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And then I was thrust into it. So it was a rough in the beginning, but as the season went on, making plays and I mean, you know, it validated Wally's decision. So coming back into my second year. Um, which I, I had a very good season. As a matter of fact, that season, um, the head scout with the Kansas City Chiefs called me the best corner in Canada. And I, that's when I signed with the Chiefs following right. that season with Herman Edwards. So, um, yeah, it, it was tough because Miller come out there. He don't talk no junk. He just, he the older guy. We used to mess with him by, man, pull your pants up over your knees. <laughs> and you just thinking like, this dude ain't going to do nothing. Man, listen to me. I'm like, oh my god! So no, it it was a t it was a tough day, and I was I was pissed off because I'm looking at Sports Center and I'm the 31. I had real long dreads at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, man, Marsh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know? So, and um, and no, and, and to no fault of Tony, I mean, it, it it's tough up there, man. A lot of people, I tell a lot of people to this day, that covering in the Canadian Football League is way harder than covering there. Yeah. He a running start. He already can run. So now we're just gonna give him ten or fifteen more yards to get a head start. The, the field dimensions are sixty-five wide, opposed to fifty-three point four. The end zones are now double. They're twenty yes. yards instead of yes. ten. It's it's tough. So uh, no excuses. However, <laughs> the, the, the first ballot Hall of Famer with a street named after him, Pat <laughs> Martell's man, and I and I and I told myself I will never ever ever be caught chasing somebody like that <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah uh you know uh, that was a uh, tony tiller's baptism into the cfl and um you know he, he he got he got a lot better from that so a lot better you know, yeah it, 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 like i said man that's this is the jerry rice and i'm not trying to you know downplay milk because we know you are the greatest ever lace them up in the canadian football league um but you know, like I said, if we're making comparisons, that's what it is. He's the Jerry Rice of the Canadian Football League. And then I had a, a, a teammate and a brother who's the, the Moss or the T.O. of the CFL and G-Roy. So, you know, these are guys that, that once again, uh, highly competitive, uh, technical, can break things down to the most minute little molecules of the game and technique in terms of receiver play. Um, even when going against uh, uh, Milt in, in practice, like in, in training in Atlanta, oh no, Marsh, no, if you would have did this, and it just it it just opened up my world, 
a lot more. And I found myself doing that with the, the manual arsenals when he came to VC and, you know, why are you sitting on the route, Marshall? I, mean, I ain't tripping. I ain't, I, this is what I know you're going to do this because here's your split. And that's, you know, I, I just knew this stuff because I was getting prepped by great players and pouring into me. So yeah, man, um, I hate, I hate, I hate when that game is brought up because some people don't know football. I think it was partly my fault or my fault altogether. together. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds to me like Tony's lucky he played another game in the CFL after that game. <laughs> hey man, we all was lucky. I had a I had a game against Hamilton my first year at BC Place. And, ooh. I thought you were going home after that. <laughs> yeah, Sam Young, boy, that was on us. They went us out of town. Well, I guess the other side of that, Milt, is uh, did you ever feel, you know, when you're training with Dante so much in Atlanta, did you ever feel that maybe he had seen every step you had to give? You know, every no, and, and, and well, Dante and I, we really didn't go against each other much in the game. Uh, Dante played the short side cornerback, and we were on the same side of the field because I was a short side halfback. But majority of the time, uh, I mean, Dante would tackle me if he was in zone or if he came off. He he read my route and he came off. But majority of the time, Dante and I didn't face each other. So really, the only time we faced each other was in all season we were training against each other, where I would step out there or he would step in the halfback, but it's very rare that I actually got to go against Dante uh, in a game situation. Majority of the time, it was his his running mate, Corey. And Corey and I, we, we had some battles. We had some battles when he was in Ottawa, and we had some battles when he was in BC. So Dante and I, like I just said, very rarely got to go against each other in the game. And even if I did show him everything, I, I still could have got him. I still could <laughs> Speaking of the devil, uh, he said he just texted you back, Corey Banks. Man, you know what? This is what I'm gonna do. I don't want to. I don't want to. Are you uh, gonna get Corey in here? Yeah, I don't want to barge in. No, 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 man. Let's that's get, let's thing. get him I in here, Corey. No, let man, please. <laughs> that that is some free entertainment right there. <laughs> you can tell Corey too. He's got to check his messages for me. Right. Uh, or I can tell him that myself even. All right. Uh, let's move on with Milt really quick here. Uh, Mel, let's talk about your uh, miracle catch and touchdown in July 2006 against Edmonton. Right. How how were you able to run in between two Eskimo defenders, make the catch, run down the field for a hundred yard game winning touchdown? Uh, I, I think I turned invisible. I think my superpowers came about. I mean, I, I don't know how it happened. First of all, I don't understand why they were playing the defense they were playing. I mean, I have no idea. It's the last play of the game. We have to go a hundred yards to score a touchdown. They, uh, they, they act like they were blitzing their linebackers and they dropped them back. The defensive backs were sitting at like, I think 20, 30 yards and just sitting there. So, I mean, it was more so the defense they played than anything I did. Cause all I did was just ran straight down the field and card the ball. The guy, the cornerback at the time, uh, Malcolm Franks, and he, guy's a good cornerback. Dante, I think you agree that guy was a pretty good cornerback and he just, he, he, he just missed the tackle. I, I don't know if I just ran through his arms and, Caught the ball. I couldn't believe it. I mean, Kevin and I, we couldn't believe how that happened. But we somewhat had, and don't get me wrong, I'm not clairvoyant, but we somewhat had an inkling like, hold on, did you see the D? Because they played that same defense to play before that, and he threw it to me. It just wasn't complete. And we, him and I came back to the huddle, and we looked at each other like, did you just see what they, the defense they're just playing? So we, we somewhat had, I mean, I'm realistic. I didn't think that would happen. But it did. And like I say, the main reason because of the defense they were playing, it wasn't 
because it was a great throw. It wasn't because I made a great catch. It was more so the defense they played. But, you know, I, I'll take it. Uh, I think it's the greatest play in my football career. And uh, the way I got hit in the end zone by my own uh, teammate, Chris Brazel, was the hardest hit I took all game. But it, it, it was a memorable play. And I think, you know, they'll show that play for a long time in, in years to come. I, I think we were in a hotel. If I'm not mistaken, we, we might have been in a hotel on the road playing somebody that week and we watching this like how in the hell did we just I don't this is crazy but no it it hey man it's it, it was it, it it trips you out man a, a, a guy because see this this here's the thing I'm training with this man in the offseason in hot ass Atlanta and just you know was men was men was in his mid-30s getting up there at that 36. time yeah, yeah. Yep. I was like, damn, how is he, how is he still doing this? Like, and I ain't gonna lie, it was times I was tired, want to quit. And <laughs> you know, we got twelve of these. I'm like, huh? <laughs> like, so it's so funny how <laughs> when I got that age, I was doing that. I'm yeah. lifting weights on game day in the morning. We play at seven. I'm up lifting at seven in the morning. It was just crazy stuff. So. I don't know if I ever told him this, but I, I, I have so much respect and admiration for you, sir, because you really showed me how to get that money. When I say get that money, that grind, like I've had a lot of people that are responsible for, for the success of me because I, I know I didn't do any of this by myself, right? So I'm just appreciative of that. And I want to I wanna, I wanna give you your roses while you're still here because- Thank you. I greatly appreciate that. You showed me how to get it. And that's where the whole, how can they beat you if they cannot work you things. There it is. So here's a guy who showed me how to get it and was doing it. Like, and I'm watching this and I'm like a spy. Like, hell no, I'm gonna be that. I'm gonna do that. You know, it was was inspiring at the same time. So that's kind of how I, like give the, the the my main thing my nugget I give when I do speaking engagements to high school kids or when I'm training I'm mentoring like listen the number one thing you need to do is get yourself a mentor mm. that's the single most important thing you can do someone who has been successful in doing something you aspire to do there it is yes not little not little JoJo in the corner but someone who's been <laughs> successful here's <laughs> you try to do because once again if 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 I want to get you know solid marriage advice I can't ask a guy who's been divorced five times he could tell me (laughs) but he can't tell me how to make a successful relationship work so that's my spiel and I'm and I'm and I'm thankful and grateful for for uh milk being a part of that process because I I was in the NFL for a year I know how some of these dudes do yeah (laughs) man he 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 with open arms showed us the way and you know, showed us how to do our own contracts. I, we no longer needed agents. I'm I'm talking to Wally myself. Hey man, yeah, 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 let's get it done. So no, I'm I'm, I'm greatly appreciative of that. Thank you, man. Thank you. That mean that means a lot. That means a lot. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Do you uh, do you guys want to take a second and try and get Corey in here? I texted. So I'm waiting to see. You okay. Know, Corey <laughs> is not the most. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Technological savvy person, so we'll see. Or it's something else, boy. And, okay. and, I, and you know what? I wish we could have taped our sessions because Corey and Dante. Oh man, Otis and I. We used to just sit back because they used. They used. I mean, they're best of friends, but they used to go at it. 
they used to go at it. It was so entertaining. And you could see why they played so well together in the games because those training sessions, oh, my goodness. They, it was so much fun. Those, so those, those, those are times that I miss right there. No, I wish we could have. I wish we would have taped those sessions. They were they were very fun. That, 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 that would have been Netflix worthy, right? Terrence <laughs> Edwards, man. Now, going back to that, I never really got to cover me. And then Milk come out there, and he, Marjorie, yeah, you know, I ain't running no real route. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, sometimes. <laughs> you know, I ain't running no real route. A real route. So, um, Terrence, though, I, I would cover him, even though he played in the slot too. They would Winnipeg would him out. times make him the, the weak side number one and move everybody on the other side. Right. And it's me and Terrence, I'm like, oh my god, one on one coverage, and they want him to have that waggle coming at yep, you too. Yep. I'm like, now if you stand on the line, I'm I'm comfortable, but he backing up, running that. Yeah, <laughs> we, had, uh, we just it's and, and it's a bond. Like we we had so many guys, and it was just it was it was some of the best. Highlights of my of my career as well because you yeah. know Atlanta is so humid and hot. We would have to be done by twelve o'clock. So like it was, it, it it used to get crazy. We had a good time. We had a good time. Definitely. <laughs> so here's a list of the CFL records that you hold: most career touchdowns, one hundred and forty-seven; most touchdowns in one season, twenty-three; most touchdown receptions in one season, twenty-three. Most receiving touchdowns in a career, 144. Highest yards per catch average in a season, 26 and a half. Most career yards receiving by a Bombers receiver, 15,153. Mm. Which one of those stats means the most to you? Oh, without a doubt, the touchdowns. 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 That means, I mean, you think about it. When you play a sport, I mean, you play football, the objective is for the defense to stop the offense from scoring and the of the offense to score a touchdown. So the fact, uh, I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit, that I score more touchdowns than anyone who's ever stepped on the CFL field, I mean, that, that's a blessing. You know, it, it, it comes from uh, the hard work that I was able to put in the offseason with these guys. It just didn't come by chance. It, it came from uh, what my parents, as I alluded to, or what they instilled in me, and uh, came from God allowing me to play that long, you know, uh, it went a lot into it. Uh, the quarterbacks I played with, specifically Kahari Jones and, and 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 Kevin Glenn, the guys that I got to play with more than any other quarterbacks, they sacrifice a lot. All the different players, but I mean that's the one that means more than any than any. And I know one day it may be broken. Uh, I don't know anytime soon because there aren't any current players that are close. But you never know, Dante. But I, I'm gonna hold on to it as long as I can. <laughs> Hey, the, the reason why that record would never get broken is because, and this is serious, this is not like BS. The reason why your record would never get broken anytime soon, because there will never be, well, there will never be one guy that plays that long. Mm, yeah. Um, like, we were, I, and I remember you told me this too. You said, uh, Young Buck, man, you want to play till the wheels fall off. And I remember <laughs> you telling me that every day. And, there would, there would, the guy, there's not going to be another guy that played 17 years of pro football and 14 in Canada as a receiver. I just, not at that level. I just, I, I'm not buying it. That's the last of the Mohicans. And there will never be a, a, a secondary guys to play two, three guys together for a decade. That's just not going to happen up there no more. Um, and in order to have the amount of success that you've had, it's, you have to play a long time. And, yeah. uh, you know,
know, and you played in the era where, you know, there were some great players. And I and I haven't kept up with the CFL as much as I would have liked to. But mm-hmm. from what I'm told, I'm told that, that it's not as good as it was. Right. It's a little bit different. So, a little bit different. Yeah. I, I just don't feel like, like when I got up there, yeah, you, you had uh, Jason Tucker, you had yeah. Ed Herbie, you had just Terry Vaughns, Terry Vaughns. Yeah. Man, you had uh, Jermaine Copeland. Man, come on. Man. It just, it's, it's not going to. It's not going to ever be that way. Here go Corey right here. All right, Milt. So you and Dante played your entire careers with the same team. You don't right. see that much anymore. No. Uh, with the CFL's current trend of short contracts and players changing teams every few years, do you think this keeps the CFL fan base out of touch with their favorite team? Uh, it's a little bit more difficult. Uh, it, it, it's hard to blame the guys. I know a lot of them are, are chasing that quick buck and that's understandable you know you only have so long you don't know what tomorrow holds uh but like Dante and I and I think it's more for my situation because unfortunately Dante he doesn't receive he doesn't receive the same love from the BC Lions as I received from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers I mean I'm still benefiting to this day from the 14 years I spent in Winnipeg not only that organization but uh, the city of Winnipeg, the province of Manitoba, they show me so much love. And I've been retired for 12 years, and it's still incredible how much love they show me. Like, unfortunately, Dante, uh, he, he doesn't receive it for some reason. But it's, it's definitely unfortunate that guys don't spend their entire career or even four or five years in one city. Because, like, as I mentioned before, they're chasing that dollar. And I, I can't blame them. If they have an opportunity to make more money somewhere else, I mean, it's hard to say no, but the way I looked at it was, I looked at it way beyond football. I saw what I was doing in the community, uh, in in the city of Winnipeg, throughout the province of Manitoba, and I saw how much benefit that could bring uh, to me after football. Not just while I was playing football, but after football. So I was fortunate, so fortunate that I had that opportunity. And uh, like I mentioned, I mean, I'm still benefiting and still getting shown so much love uh, from the city in the pretty Winnipeg in the province of Manitoba it's it's truly incredible I think I like and we talked about this before Mill. I feel like um I'm a west coast guy I'm from Oakland California so Vancouver's right up the street basically um the city and the fan base lots of love like right. I, I get pictures dms I was down at this pub I could take a picture of Marsh jersey on the wall it's crazy. I, I to this day I get love from the city and the fans, but for whatever reason, whatever reason, and I'm not the only one. Right. No. For whatever reason, the certain organizations don't hold their players in that regard, and it's sad because I absolutely have no qualms about taking my butt up there. Mm-hmm. Off. You know, I got a passport. <laughs> <laughs> And going up there and and and, and being a, a liaison for the team and 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 doing things around the, the the community and you know in and around Vancouver, I don't have any issues with that. It's just for it's um it's 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 just so crazy that a guy spends eleven seasons, goes to three breakups, wins two, multiple, you know. Um, uh, uh, all pro guy, all star guy. You know, I got the little email a few months ago about being on the on the being nominated for the Hall of Fame and all that stuff. But 
that I that none of that is like being done. It's just it's it's crazy to me because I would have thought that with that all of this would be available to 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 those to us us type of players. Right. And when you look across the league, Winnipeg has done a good job of it. Um, they they did a big thing for Terrence Edwards, and obviously he's a great player, but he wasn't there as long as Milt was. But they 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 acknowledge that, and they're taking care of him in that in that regard, making sure that he's you know stitched into the fabric of that of that organization. Mm-hmm. And Saskatchewan does it, Calgary does it, Edmonton does it. You know, I've seen Montreal do it. Other teams do it. It just mm-hmm. they don't get the same. It's, I don't know. I guess it's because it's the West Coast and it's so <laughs> fast paced and there's so much to do or whatever. But for whatever reason, our organization has not done that, and I, I think it's sad. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. So over the last twenty years, our knowledge of concussions and their effects on pro athletes has greatly improved. Do either of you recall times in your career when you? had your bell rung, uh, but stayed in a game when you shouldn't have, or, uh, you know, maybe a coach told you, you know, you know, Dante, get back out there. You know, I don't care if you're, you know, you're not feeling right in the head. It's not a big deal. Do either of you, you know, recall those kind of times? Well, uh, I, I suffered one concussion in my career and I know there's no severities of concussion. You're either a 10 or you're nothing, but mine was, it was pretty bad. Uh, I missed a few games because of it. Uh, Winnipeg did a great job of making sure that I was fully recovered uh, before I went back on the field. As far as uh, getting my bell rung, that happened twice. It happened once in the NFL and once in the CFL. And I didn't even let the the trainers uh, know what happened. It was when you, you know, you got hit and you stand up and you start seeing these little things flashing, like, hold on, what's going on? And uh, it was one time, fortunately, where I was another individual, another team, they had an injury. I think it was a knee injury where I had time to recover. But the other time, you know, I ran that next play and it was a little woozy. No one knew exactly what was going on because I wasn't the main part of that play. But those two times, I kept myself in the, in the game. So I was fortunate where I only had those three situations. I was that type of player where I wasn't going to put myself uh, in a situation where I was going to get hit if I didn't have to. So if I'm catching the ball, if you're getting close to me, I'm going down or I'm going out of bounds. And that was a big reason why I was a play so long. And Dante, I think he was the same way. If you, we used to get mad at Dante because he would have a kill shot on you, but he would still hit you low. But main reason why he played so long. I mean, I can't blame him. He wasn't trying to kill you. He was trying to make a tackle. And like I say, we hated him for it, but it's a smart way to play. Tough guys don't last long in football. Smart guys last long. If you want to play a long time, you got to be smart. So, I was fortunate where I really didn't have too many injuries as far as the brain goes. Uh, let me knock on some wood. I, I don't have any side effects right now, you know, pretty much. I'm living a normal life. Uh, maybe I should bring my wife and kids down here. Maybe they can answer that question. But <laughs> for the most part, I'm doing pretty well because I was that that safe player. I wasn't that tough guy. And like I said, I think Dante will agree with this. Tough guys don't last long. You got to be smart. Every now and then you got to stick your nose in there for the most part, though. You got to be smart if you want to come out of this game and have somewhat of a normal lifestyle. I, I I didn't have a problem. I think what allowed me to play long was I played corner, but I didn't care about the physicality part of it. I was I was okay with that. Um, 
being the tough guy, I thought I was a tough guy. I didn't go low all the time. I just you went low most of the time, Dante. Please, <laughs> no, no, you, no, you and Corey <laughs> and Sanchez, all y'all went low. Come on, and there, was, there, there was nothing wrong with it. We just hated it. I know, but I ain't never hit you low. Like I wouldn't do that. Like here's the deal: I got some tackles. They on. I got some highlights where I'm laying some real good lumber. But there. I know that's why. I, I was out of the NFL and didn't play for three seasons. The rest of 01, 02, and 03 before I came to Canada because I was being a tough guy trying to make sure I sealed the deal on making that roster. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it it was basically a career in the injury to my shoulder that I don't right. know, through the grace of God and just perseverance, I was able to play a long career with this situation with my shoulder. Mm-hmm. But um, I had my bell run my last game at Fresno State. We were in a bowl game playing Air Force. It was like top 10 ESPN hits with playing Air Force. And, you know, they run that wishbone thing. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the running backs was lined up in the slot and bubbled out and came to my side. And I'm like 10 yards off covering the receiver. And then the quarterback snapped the ball and threw a bubble screen. So I had like a 15-yard head start. Man, I creamed it. <laughs> we were both knocked out. Mm. My if Vernon Fox, one of my best friends and teammates, did pick me up. That was nineteen. No, that was two thousand. I'll still be laying on. on, on the <laughs> 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 pick me up. So that that's one. And then uh, a couple times in BC, uh, we were playing Edmonton. I hit somebody. It started raining. This might. This was later in my career, like maybe twenty twelve. Maybe I was almost close to the end. And I I kind of got a, a concussion. I know it was a concussion because I could tell. It wasn't just a, you know, a bell run. It was like, man, I got a damn concussion. And then I snapped back, came out for one play, and I put myself back in the game. The one that scared me the most that I could really remember is we were playing Calgary in Calgary, and I'm the backside corner. It was capped, so we was like in the cover two because it was no no detached, and it was a mm-hmm. running play. So Cornish comes, it was like a, a inside zone or something, and he comes in, and I'm I'm coming in that C gap and he tries to jump or hurdle and I'm launching myself. I'm going to flip him. I'm going to give him I'm right. throwing my whole 205 in there. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't notice until I watched it on film. I guess his knee or something hit the, this point. It didn't even look like nothing, Milk. Like it was yeah. so like just nothing. He must have hit the back of my helmet and I just went limp. And I can remember laying down and Hunt you know, he's funny. He's a clown. Come on, Marsh, get up, man. Come on, man. Because, again, I'm playing a boundary corner. I'm an American player. If if I don't play, we're in trouble. You're in trouble. I had no backup. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> to move people. So, when I – they were telling me what happened. And I can remember was once I got up and I was walking to the sideline, this is the scariest feeling I ever felt in my life because it was like, man, what if I have to live the rest of my life like this? Like, mm. I didn't – Zero in, it was just, uh, and all I can see was a bunch of red in, in, in out there uh, in Calgary. Mm-hmm. So once I watched it on film, I was trying to get up, but my upper body wasn't working. I'm, my butt is trying to get up, like the top ain't working. I'm face down, like I was knocked out, and that's a scary feeling, you know, when you when you think about it. Like man, what if what if I don't snap back normal? So I get to the yeah. sideline and, and Bill Rochelle, who was our, our longtime team uh doctor, he was like, Marsh, what's up, man? Where where you from? I'm like, Oakland. <laughs> He's like, where are we at? I'm like, Calgary. I just I, deal, I can't. Like it's just I, he was like, I I sit down. 
Yeah, that's it. <laughs> if we sit down. So um yeah, and 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 the thing of it is like Mill said, I don't feel as though I have um like a debil a debilitating issue from it, but I have noticed that I will forget things. Mm. I'm not saying that that's an issue, but who knows? We I'm I'm only forty one, so I I probably won't know anything for another eight, nine, ten years, but I work out every day. I, I feel sharp. I went back and got a master's degree, so I think my brain. Yeah, no, you're good. Yeah, you, you're still exercising your brain, which is important. Got to keep yeah. exercising. Yeah. So I don't. I'm not the guy like you know, getting all scared and you know. I try to stay positive, take my vitamins, still work out, and um, you know, I, I like I said, I believe in the Lord, so we'll we'll be fine. Right. Right. I'm I'm the same way. Um. Dante, you and I touched on, on, on this a little bit before. I had a really bad construction accident. I fell 41, 45 feet off a balcony. Wow. I fell off a ladder. Um, so on the way down, I hit my head on the balcony. We had taken the railings off and I caught the balcony under my chin and I had knocked myself out. I landed in a wheelbarrow. This is the crazy thing. I landed in a wheelbarrow that I put there at 7.30 that morning. I could have put that wheelbarrow anywhere on the job site uh, but I put it in the exact same place at 1230 that I would land and I saved my own life. Wow. Which is insane. Uh, but anyways, on the way down, I hit my head on the balcony and I had a pretty bad concussion. And um, I'm starting to seem, I'm 41 years old. I feel like I'm kind of glitching out sometimes with, with memory loss, mm. you know, and I don't know if it's got to do with the shift I work sometimes, you know, a lot of shift work and whatnot, but yeah, I'm starting, and and that's where this question came from for me. Is I'm starting to wonder, is you know, am I feeling these effects? So, but yeah, I mean, I I should have that wheelbarrow gold plated hanging up in my living room. I really should, because I saved my own life with it. You know, that's a heck of a story right there, man. That makes that makes uh, what we went through pretty tame. The fact that you fell forty, wow, that, that's a scary feeling right there. That's scary right there. You don't realize how high that is. Yeah, that is scary. Just imagine when you, and I can't dunk anymore, but I can still touch the rim. Just jumping up and touching the rim, that's 10 feet. I come down like, man, that's pretty high. <laughs> 45 feet? That is crazy. Yeah, I, I was on a step ladder, and I could put my hand up and over onto, over the gutter on the sixth, you know, on the, on the sixth floor, basically, mm -hmm. of, of the roof, right? And so what happened was I was using a short ladder, and the ladder kicked out from under me. And I fell and I was wearing a safety harness, but my, my safety harness failed, I guess. Um, what I didn't know that day is I grabbed the last harness that was hanging up. That safety harness had been decommissioned. But oh. Nobody told me anything about it. Wow. Um, and so when I was laying on the ground, apparently our uh, safety officer came and cut that harness off of me and they disposed of it. That, that's what I'm told. So anyways, yeah. WCB paid my wage for two years and then they kicked me back into construction and I had to quit because I just couldn't do the job anymore. You know, was it, was so, it, it was, it was mentally, you couldn't do it anymore or mentally and physically. It was a little bit of both. I mean, I had a lot of the guys were giving me a hard time saying, you know, uh, we can't ask Ryan to do this cause he can't do it and we can't get him to do that. It was, you know, yeah. I felt a little bit knocked down. So yeah. it's back in 2001. So I quit and that was the end of that. So, wow. That's deep. That's, that's the, man, that's the story. Wow. Yeah, it, it was crazy, man. Um, complications and whatnot. I almost died four times. Um, yeah, Dante, you and I'll get into it one day on a different on a different show. Definitely. Wow. For sure. All right, Milt. So you played in the uh, you played in the 89th Grey Cup in 2001 against Calgary, losing 
and the 95th Grey Cup in 2007 against Saskatchewan, losing 23-19. Mm-hmm. Which Grey Cup loss stings to you the most? Woo, both of them hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Both, both of them hurt. Uh, because, I mean, that's, that's, that's what you put in all that hard work for. I mean, those individual accolade, accolades, they're, they're fine. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you want to be the last team standing. And, unfortunately, I didn't get that opportunity. You know, Dante – he got it a couple of times, and it's a great feeling. I remember the one time his in 2005 in Winnipeg, you know, because I was working uh, for uh, – uh, I can't remember the station I was working for at the time, but we were covering the game, and I just remember Dante, how excited he and Corey and Coach Richie, their defensive coordinator, was after the game, and I was like, I got to get that feeling. I got to yeah. get that feeling. But, unfortunately, I didn't get to, you know, get that, that opportunity. So, I mean, both of them hurt. You know, uh, people always say the 2007 – Great cup. Guys would have won if Kevin Glenn would have played in the game. I'd never use that excuse. That, that's what that's what weak individuals use. I, I, I say, I, if I would have played better either one, I, I should have played better. That's what I say. But it's unfortunate that I didn't get that opportunity because, uh, like I say, both of them hurt. But that's what we play for. We play to get championships. Like I say, all those touchdowns and receptions, they're fine. But we play to win championships, and I didn't get one. So I would have to say they, they equally hurt pretty bad. <laughs> I, I mean, for me, um, the the older you get and the more mature you become. Because, like I said, I, I I was a young Thundercat man. I had to I had to be shown how to be a pro and whatnot. So when you first when you first get into it, you you're 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 struggling or or, or fighting to uh, make your presence felt, so to speak. And then you want to become a, a starter. You want to make a team. You want to become the starter. Um, you want to you want to be considered the best at your position year in and year out, and then you want to you you chasing that check. You want to be compensated, <laughs> right? So then after you accomplish these things, it's like now you're now now you go back to the true essence of why you played football as a little kid because mm. you just love to play the damn game. Yeah, like people used to ask me all the time. I mean, I had Winnipeg and Montreal reach out to me when I was thirty-seven. Hey, you want to play? No, no, I'm good. <laughs> I want to coach. I want to play. But because physically, I was still, you know, able to able to run around and, and and do it. But I tell, I used to tell people all the time, if the Oakland Raiders, my hometown, the team that I've loved since I was born, was to say, "Yo, Marsh, at 37, 38, would you come play for rookie minimum, a rookie minimum?" I'd be like, "Hell yeah!" And I would probably donate a lot of my money just buying tickets everybody in Oakland to sit in that black hole in the Oakland Coliseum. I run down on kickoffs. I didn't care. A bunch of Marsh jerseys in the stands. <laughs> what? We'd be acting a fool. Only because that's the love that mm-hmm. I have for it. Mm-hmm. But after you make it and you're in there and you're you know you're starting and all that stuff, you know, you want to start getting that checkup because you feel as though I need to be compensated as what I'm putting out there on the field like I'm one of the better best guys at my position I need to get compensated for it right then it goes back to after you making money I was making good money my whole career in Canada I I don't have no complaints so I want to win because at the end of the day I'm leaving my family in Atlanta in this house I just bought with that money and (laughs) you know I got to do the back and forth and they come up for the summer you know it put a strain on that too so yeah what, what are we doing this for at the end of the day no, I mean, unless you're Milton, you still get paid all the big money. But 
No, I made well over a million dollars out of, out of out of the British Columbia Lions, and I don't have that money to this day because I was supporting my family and living my life. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like the NFL where we're getting these, you know, Mahomes contracts, $503 million, and you don't never have to do nothing again. So at the end of the day, the money going to come and go. I'm, I'm good. I got to, you know, I'm coaching. I'm an adjunct professor. I do all type of stuff. I'm, I'm okay. Right. Um, Stop, Lola. So, however, my point is, at the end of the day, that money going to come and go. What are, you, what, are you, what are you going to be able to hang your hat on? Well, I can go in there and go in my jewelry box, and I got these two rings, right? I can, I can, I can you know, we could look at the scrapbooks and the framed jerseys and all that stuff, but you want to, you, you know, my name is on that trophy that's over 100 years old, twice. Right. I can't I, take that away. Right. And, and, and I used to tease men all the time, but however... They go hand in hand. I would love to have a street in Vancouver named uh, Dante Mark. <laughs> or a key to the city. <laughs> and a key to the city, you know? So uh, it's, it's, it's both, man. And, and like I said, um, we're, I'm, you know, that's my peer, that's my colleague, but it's also somebody I, you know, I look up to as far as just a man in general, how he carried himself and how he, like I said, he was dealing with a young, I had a mouthful of gold teeth. I had dreads. Like I was wild. So, you know, and, and he was the tame one compared to Corey. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, as a as a as a peer and as a as a as a colleague and as a guy that competed against them and and, and watched him um, perform, the real recognized real milk. So, mm. make no mistake about it. It's it's a team sport. You can't. It's just like you know. Uh, 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 Kelly in Buffalo. Yeah, Jim Kelly. <laughs> He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. I watched him get down on my Raiders back in early night. Right. <laughs> Went to four Super Bowls and didn't win one. That was not his fault. No, no. So we gotta we gotta put things in perspective because there's variables. And 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 when I say real, recognize real, I'm I'm in a locker room. Mm-hmm. I know what it's like. We us players in that fraternity, that brotherhood, know what it's like. So. Everything that you accomplish, man, is like beyond crazy, and it sucks that you didn't get the hardware. But man, we Hall of Fame player, dog. So, I appreciate it, definitely. Hey, definitely. people know <laughs> what time it is. They definitely. Know. <laughs> so, so Mill, you repeatedly said that you were ninety nine point nine percent positive that the two thousand seven season was going to be your last. How much did losing that Grey Cup um, provoke you into playing another season? It, it, it did somewhat, but what put it over the top was, was my wife. Because even after that loss, I, I, was, I was done. That was my plan. Uh, Winnipeg had reached out to me. was like, no, nah, you know, I'm, I'm going to hold true to my word. But my wife was like, you know what, Let, let's give it another year. And, and that's what did it. I mean, when, uh, I used to tell Dante, let, let, let play until the wheels fall off. And that's exactly what I did because the wheels had definitely fallen off my last year. But it was my wife saying, okay, I, I think, I think, you know, let's play another year. Uh, that year, my last year was the year that, you know, she was pregnant with our, our youngest son. So they actually came up there that entire season. That made that season a lot better uh, because I missed the opening seven games because I had to have knee surgery that I didn't know at the time. Cause if I'd have known I was to have that knee surgery, I wouldn't have came back because I was a, truly shell of myself. It was a microfracture surgery, which takes usually like nine months to heal. But I came back in three months because I was trying to play that season. So 
her, she was a big reason why I was able to play that year. She said, okay, let's give it another shot. Uh, we, we couldn't pull it out. We couldn't win the Grey Cup, but it was good just to play another year, being around the guys again, being in the locker room. Dante will tell you, there's nothing like being in that locker room. I mean, you know, it's fun being on the field, but you ask any professional athlete what they miss the most, and it's, it's being in that locker room. So that kind of leads to my next question for you is, uh, what is your favorite memory about being in the CFL? Uh, it's the times in the locker room. That, 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 those are the times that I miss right there. The times in the offseason, working out with these guys, uh, being in the locker room with my teammates. That is what I miss. That's a drug that you can't get anywhere. You run out on that field and you see people with your, your jersey on or screaming your name or you're in the locker room after the game and you're celebrating with the fans or we're in the offseason working out, joking with each other, joning on each other, how tired you are, how I'm going to beat you in the game. Those are memories that – and you, you can't duplicate that in any other job. I don't care if you're making a billion dollars a year. You can't get that anywhere else. And those are the things that I miss, being around those fans, having those fans ask you for autographs, screaming your name. Those are the things I miss, and those are the things that I cherish more than anything about my football career. Yeah, you 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 can't replicate, duplicate, emulate, <laughs> anything in regards yeah. to the to the uh, to the atmosphere. The like, I'm a I'm gonna say something. I know Milk gonna feel this. Like, just the smell of natural grass. Mm. It takes you back to mm. Friday night football when I was in high school. Yes, yes. All so simple, you know, and, and and trying to bust your tail so you could get your name in the newspaper. Right. <laughs> you can get, get on 11 o'clock news that night. <laughs> Sports focus we had out here in the, in the Bay Area. So, um, and I know it's, 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 it's you know, natural grass is far a few these days, but um, just the, 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 the atmosphere, the smell, the preparation. Like I explained my game day preparation to a guy and he looked at me like with with with, with goggle eyes because he couldn't believe and I was just that was I did that for twelve years. Like that's right. what I'm gonna do. Right. And um I miss that, you know. I miss the the camaraderie in the locker room. Uh, you know, it's it's nothing like it, man. Yeah. I was a thirty five year old man, a dinosaur in football, you know, terms, but still competing with dudes. I, I dang near could be their daddy. You know, yes. Daddy, yes. 20-year-old, 20-year-old <laughs> kids on your team, and you 35 years old. Yes. First person at the facility every morning because of what, you know, this man right here was instilling in us um, all those off seasons and just watching the work. Like, ain't no way this man, 35, 36, 37, moving around like they pull up his shirt at Turtle. Man. I mean, come on, man. I got to be in that work. And when I saw it, because here's the crazy thing. When you see it from afar, they're on a different team, you know, and any play receiver, like, man, hell with milk, man, I'm gonna bust his head. You know, that's that's the mentality. But then how he was, he was he's such an ambassador for the game, man. You know what I mean? And just a just a, a role model of sorts and how you supposed to conduct your business. Mm. You know, Milt will be nice and all that, but when he got out there to do that work, man, he he's he's grinding, man. So I okay. I and he like I said, he tell me, man, you better play this game till the wheels fall off, man. It's all in the work. It's all in the work. And he just kept saying that and saying that and saying that. Which I you know, a lot of us a lot of us that make it to these levels that are, are blessed and fortunate to have some some longevity in it, there's something in you as a kid that mm. is different. Like yeah. I don't know 
where, why. I wasn't the best in my group growing up. I worked to be the there best. Mm. That's why I ascended and kept it going because it was just the 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 the, the undying a bit uh, want mm. inside of me to want to keep trying to be the best. Like you know that 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 has to be in you. And and like I said, if it is our duty to show demonstrate in 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 terms of coercing these young guys into the way it's supposed to be done right because if they adapt what i learned from him and some other guys that train me and just implemented in my own career with the resources that they have now that we didn't have you would see like groundbreaking world record type stuff because you know they they have all these things at their disposal that can help them right so it's the work man at the end of the day it's the work you know um somebody once told me indian coach richie (laughs) (laughs) man um he had these weird little sayings and i call his granddad you know he's (laughs) my white granddaddy you know uh you know if God made little green apples and <laughs> did I ever tell you about Hiroshima? He, he just, he right, off. Right. was so much knowledge and stuff. And, 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 and when Milt talks about um, the locker room, we talk about the, you know, we talk about the bus rides to and from the hotel and the airports. We talk about yeah. being around these different coaches, these personalities. Now that I'm going in five, six years of coaching, I man, a lot of the stuff I thought was bullshit is like, Wait a minute, that's real. Why yeah. Coach Richie told me that, or 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 Wally told me that, or JD Williams who coached me up. You know, you go, you reach back because in an athlete's life, our our most um, um, we get our the we're the impressions that we have are the biggest are from our parents and from our coaches, mm-hmm. and they leave a mark on your life forever, man. Like the biggest mm-hmm. impacts came from. My, my parents and my coaches that I had throughout my athletic career. So that's, that's, that's huge. Right. Dante, right. something tells me that you were the biggest personality on that bus. I'm just no. saying. <laughs> it was crazy. Mill said it. I was off the chain, but I, it's crazy because I was, there were guys three, four times me. Oh, <laughs> one of them. Oh, kid. oh my goodness. Oh my God. That dude right there. Yes. I, I love playing against Carl. He was funny. He was funny. <laughs> so no, it, it you know, and and then there's a guy that I got a, a chance to get a year in with, who's a Hall of Famer, who came from Winnipeg, and all the stories I heard about this, he's a fellow California guy, but all the stuff I heard about this dude, we thought we would laugh like, no way, this can't be real, and when he came to BC, everything that I heard about this dude, <laughs> what it was, and this, it was hilarious, it was funny, it right. was beyond funny. Charlie Roberts, man, one of the one of the best uh, players I've seen, regardless of league. He just, he's a he's a stick of dynamite. He just a little yeah, something else. guy that he can ball. Yeah, and he would he would have our uh, our um our communications guy at the time. It was Jimmy Carp uh, Jamie Cartmel. In his locker, he would have to have a Red Bull and a Snickers. That was, was his pregame meal. It was every day. He he had it in practice. He had to have right. it. Right. And, um, I'm gonna tell this one story. I mean, uh, he just gonna have. Oh well, he gonna have to deal with this. 
So um, when he came to BC, we had heard, heard a lot of stuff. And, and you know, competing against Charlie Roberts was hell. Like you, to tackle that dude, like he it was yeah. a Quinn Sanders type cat. It was, he, he, he was real good on his feet, man. A hell of a running back. Um, we were playing a game and I lived in a condo right across from the SkyTrain diagonal from the practice facility in Surrey. So I guess on we going down, heading down to the um, BC place. So I get on the train, Charlie Roberts on the train. What up, Marsh? Yada, yada, yada. Like, what's up, man? So we just kind of chopping it up, you know, getting our minds together, you know, for the game. So about three stops before BC place, he's like, all right, Marsh, I'm going to see you at the stadium. I'm like, <laughs> he, getting off the, he gets off the sky train. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. He gets off the sky train, take out a pack of Newports, he starts smoking a cigarette. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. Am I in a, uh, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, like a warped world here? Because right. this, is, this is like two, mid, late 2000s, not 1970. 2008. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is 08. And he's like, I'm, I, wait, I know I just did see this dude, our running back, we're about to play in a football game. <laughs> a cigarette. I'm like, wow. And to see him smoke cigarettes, like chain smoke cigarettes, and then get out there and do the stuff he do was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. That's, yeah, that's crazy. All right, Mel, uh, did you have an idea during your career that uh, when you were going to retire that you were going to get into broadcasting? Uh, no, I didn't. Towards uh, the end of my career, uh, there were uh, there was an individual who was at TSN who said you should be in TV. And when your career is over with, something's gonna happen for you in TV. And that's exactly what happened. You know, after, after I retired, uh, when they knew I was gonna retire, uh, TSN reached out to me and gave me a great opportunity. And I can't thank them enough for that. Uh, you know, I didn't know, I knew uh, it was something that I would think about. You know, I had a couple of options, uh, but I didn't think it would go the way it went. And, you know, the fact that I was able to step in and contribute right away because it's, it's, it's not an easy transition and I tell people all the time who want who want to get into business start preparing for it uh, way before you actually have to do it because there's a lot that goes into it that I didn't know I was fortunate enough I had some people that really helped me out a uh, guy who used to work they used to be on the panel Chris Schultz he helped me out a great deal uh, one producer who's not there anymore Tony Darcy and other producers who's still there Jamie Rydell they helped me out a lot because there was a lot that went into it. So the fact that I was able to transition straight from playing football to talking about football was, was a blessing like no other. You know, this will be my 12th year, if we do play a season of doing it. So, I mean, the fact that I retired right away and went straight into it, you know, I pinch myself every day because it's work, but it's not work. You know, it, it requires some, some grind, doing some, some research and reaching out to individuals for the most part though, I mean, there, there's no way I can consider that work because it's something that I really enjoy. And it's something that I've been involved with football since, you know, since I was four or five years old. So I enjoy every moment of it. What's your favorite part about being an analyst? Oh, sorry. Dante, go ahead. I was trying to get on. No, you got to give me the <laughs> I want to look good in a suit and get on the panel and talk ball. Uh, what you say? I know, boy. I know. It, it, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. <laughs> What's your favorite part about being an analyst? 
Uh, I, I, I think the fact that we get to entertain. I'm still in the entertainment business. You know, I, I've been an entertainer. You know, that, that, that's been my livelihood, being entertained. You know, and Dante, who understands this, and anybody who's played professional sports, we're in the entertainment business. You know, people want to see their, their team win, but at the end of the day, they want to be entertained. And that's what I get to do. I get to entertain. And don't, don't get me wrong, it's, 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 it's not life or death. And I know it, it's a lot of passion that goes into playing football, but it's entertainment. I get to stand up there or sit up there and talk about football and also add some entertainment and put some smiles on some people's face. Some people get mad at me for some of the stuff I say, but at the end of the day, I'm having a great time and I get to entertain uh, the entire country of Canada. And that's something I enjoy doing very much. Man, I was uh, putting some stuff in storage and I came across this bin that I had. This what? This bin, the plastic okay. bin. So I got I got a scrapbook that goes from Pop Warner to now. Like it's crazy. Wow. Yeah. I got football cards in there, some newspaper articles. Then I start looking at the bottom like, wow, I forgot I had these. Man, look what I got, man. That is. Oh. <laughs> Dante, you need to have that frame next to your jersey. I'm gonna get it framed, cause guess ah. what? <laughs> nice. So check it out. I got a. Uh, I got Damon Adlin finally gave me gave me one. I got Baron Baron Miles, who I play with. Milk gave me this. I want to say either 07 or 08. Cause this. Yep. And this ain't he ain't never wore this. This was brand new, just for me. Yeah, I gave it to. I gave one to, of course, Dante. I gave one to Corey. I gave one to Otis. Uh, I think I gave one, I can't remember who else I gave one, but all of the guys who, who the original crew that started working out together, I gave one to all those guys. And I think I got a, me and Darian Durant did a swap at a game in 2013. So okay. I, I, I got a few and I'm like, man, I, I'm gonna get them, I'm gonna get them framed up, man. So no doubt, no I, doubt. <laughs> the other day, man, it's crazy. We doing the we doing the thing. I forgot I had that. even had right. some. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty dope. cool. That's yeah. awesome. I would have been jersey swapping with everybody. I totally would have been. <laughs> See, you got to remember the CFL was trying was being cheap. Right. They didn't want to. They didn't want Man, you can't dodge. You can't be giving these jerseys away. We gonna we gonna charge you. I'm like, right. Nah. Right. <laughs> so it's not like it's not like the not for long. Where you know it's kind of like infinite things exactly they got plenty of jerseys mm -hmm. all right Mel, so we're getting pretty close to the end i don't want to keep you too much longer but if you maybe 10 15 more minutes we can bang yeah, it out that'll that be works. it that works. Yeah. awesome yeah. thanks guys um sorry uh dante i don't want to cut you short on your stories either but uh milk did say that he was a little on time today so this is i'm just i'm just here this is milk. Yeah. <laughs> i'm just here i'm a bystander it's all good buddy i appreciate you being here dante i really do man all right, uh, so we'll get into the next question. Uh, this is for both of you. Do either of you think there's going to be a CFL season this year? I, I, I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic, but I'm realistic. Uh, uh, and I'm optimistic because they haven't announced that there's not going to be one. But if I had to pick one way or another, I would say I would have my perm back before there's a season this year. I'm just going to... I'm just gonna, just go be real with it. There's just too many variables involved, too many hurdles that need to be, uh, that they have to go over. Uh, I'm, I'm still going to hold on a little bit, but if I had to bet one way or another, I would have to say, I would have to say no. And I hate to say that, but you asked me the question, so I would have to say no. I'm a, 
I'm gonna have to say no too. I, I, but here's the here's the here's the messed up part of it is is that if the CFL does not play this year, man, it could it could be ugly long term for that yeah. because they don't have the gazillion dollar uh, uh, TV deals that the NFL has. They don't right. have the, the 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 merchandise and the hype and the you know. The consumers, even even if the even if the NFL plays a condensed season, you know they gonna they gonna do what they do. Right, um, right. And we talked about that before. The Canadian Football League, like I said, um, it's a gold mine. And I wish and I hope in the near future they get it right in terms of you gotta market the product, the product mm-hmm. meaning the players. If you do it that way. The only messed up thing is the teams can't use you as a revolving door. So the, the fans will identify <laughs> and they'll play longer at right. one place or one team for a longer time. Um, that's just the only downside for an owner. But on the flip side of it, you're gonna you're gonna have younger people. You gotta start at the grassroots area to get that get that get that hype and that you know to build it. And once they identify with players and keep them in the same you know place for a while, I think it can really help boost the league. But if I was a betting man, I'm going to say no at this current juncture. Because like Brent said, it's just too many variables. And you got to remember the ultimate variable is you have a bunch of American players. Yeah. So now when you're traveling, now it's a whole nother thing. And then in any league right now, if I got – I'm going to use uh, Mike Riley right now. If game four, he tests positive for uh, COVID, he has to sit out a month. Come on, man. So what do you do? What do you do with that scenario? It's yeah. just I don't know how they're gonna work it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I don't think it's gonna happen. I mean, I I, I was hoping it would as a fan. Um, you know, when, when you start to, to use your brain and think about things in the bigger picture here and what's really going on in the world, I don't I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't really think it should happen. Right. Uh, I, I think there's bigger things to focus on right now. I honestly do. So mm-hmm. Totally agree. Yep. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, which is too bad because we won't see Milton, you know, on, on TV this year. So, yeah, no, I, I love seeing his beautiful face on TV too. I know <laughs> how you feel. <laughs> All right. So, we're getting near the end of the show. Uh, we're going to introduce the segment called You Didn't Know with Milt Stiegel. Uh, some quick questions for Milt, some quick answers. Here we go. Uh, Michael Jordan or LeBron James? My mother won't be happy about this, but LeBron James, the greatest greatest of all time. Oh, without a doubt, Dante, don't give me that look. Don't get me wrong. Jordan, he was a nightmare. He was a killer. But you're talking about maybe the greatest athlete that maybe walked this earth, LeBron James. Leave it at that. No comment. Uh Uh-uh. Let's move on. No comment, Dante. Be quiet. This is all mine. Dante, we'll get you a comment when we're done. All right. First car, Milt. First car was a Volkswagen. I had one of those, uh, uh, it's like Mercedes Benz grill on it. Uh, at the bottom of it, I could see the the, the cement I was driving, but it was canary yellow. <laughs> you could, I had the Alpine pullout system in it. I was killing them. Yes, Volkswagen be- bug. That's what it was called. <laughs> I remember. I remember those Alpine pullout systems. It was the ones you couldn't steal. So you just you just exactly. put the whole thing on. Take it into school like I was a man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then your big ass cell phone too, right? <laughs> the, actually that might have been pre-cell phone times so. that was before my end no yeah. cell phones weren't around then no all right so tom brady or drew Brees? 
Uh, I had to go with Tom Brady. I mean, the man has won how many Super Bowls? It's not even close. So definitely Tom. Drew Brees, he's, he's done well, but Tom Brady, was five Super Bowls? Yeah, yeah, no, it's not even close. Six, six. my fault, six, six. That's right, he's from you out, out your way too. I forgot about that, Dante. Yeah, Tom Brady, not even close. So as you can see, I'm a big I'm a big Philadelphia Eagles fan. I see. I see. So I'd rather go with that five because then we would have won that first one, right? Right, Mel. I hear you. All right. Favorite NFL team? Uh, I played for the Bengals, but I've always been a Steelers fan. I was a Franco Harris and Lance. Swan. I'm going way back. Terry Bradshaw, those guys. I love the Pittsburgh Steelers. So. Um, I've always been, and I, I really like them now. I mean, they have Ben Roethlisberger, Miami of Ohio guy, same college. So I'm still rolling with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, okay. Shower or bath? Oh, shower. I mean, Thank I, I got to wash my hair in the shower, so it has to be a shower. <laughs> you know, that, that ivory soap is good for my scalp, baby. So I, I'm a shower guy. Only time I'm in the tub, and I still do this to this day, Dante, and Ron, you may not believe this, but I still do the cold tub. That's the only time I'm in the tub. I'm still getting in that cold tub. I've got a hot tub on my deck, so I'll do the no, hot tub. Oh, hot tub is for softies. You got to get in the cold tub, baby. Anybody can do the hot tub. Get in the cold tub. That's what you need. That that bring that revives those legs and brings you back. It's big. Believe Are we talking ice cubes and everything, Melt? Ice cubes and everything. Yes, I, I have my older son doing it now. You know, he's training, so I told him this is going to help him out. It took him a couple of times to get used to it, but he he realizes how much of a benefit it is. Yep. All right, Mel. So after the show, I'm going to make some ice and uh, I'll text you around 5 p.m. tonight, let you know how it went. <laughs> I, that's what I'm talking about. I need to see a picture. I don't want oh. to <laughs> that you actually got in there. Worst thing you ever purchased? Uh, when I first uh, got drafted, I got a little sign. I got like a, one. I mean, I drafted, I was a free agent in the NFL. Got like a $25,000 signing bonus, and I bought a Celica. If the Celica, it was a use. That wasn't the worst purchase. The worst purchase was I bought these five-star rims for it. I don't know if you remember <laughs> those five-star rims, Dante. That may be before your time, but I bought these rims and spent like $1,000. And I will look back on it like, what did I spend? The car wasn't was worth like five or $6,000, and I bought some $1,000 rims. So that was the worst purchase I can think about. Because for the most part, I'm a cheap guy. I don't buy much. I'm cheap. So I don't spend much, but looking back, like why did I buy, why did I buy those rims to put on that car? <laughs> All right. Uh, do aliens exist? Uh, well, what we're going through in this world and some of the leadership, I may say yes. Before this, I would have said no, but right now what we're going through and some of the leaders we have trying to advise us on what we need to go, go do going through this pandemic, I would have to say yes. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say yes. All right. Uh, what scares you the most? Uh, scares me the most, and Dante, I know you can agree with this, is, I mean, my sons. My son's going out in the world. My oldest son, he'll be driving. He'll be 16 in November, and what he has to face. Uh, my youngest son, who's just 12, but soon he'll be venturing out on their own, and it's scary. I mean, you see what some of these young kids uh, have, have, have actually had to deal with, some of them actually dying for no reason and that scares me you know we, we try to educate our kids we try to give them the correct advice but sometimes when they're put in certain situations they're going to react maybe in the wrong manner that may get them in a bad situation so that's the one thing that scares me more than anything i think it was uh, jeremiah johnson when i had him on here in one of my earlier episodes said the same thing yeah it yeah it's, it's, it's scary so it's scary <laughs> i agree and, and what's going to be left of the world when they get there right wow 
Yeah, Let, let's hope they can all make a change. Let's hope they can all make a change. Uh, we're hoping we're hoping uh, Trump gets his shit together and gets this. <laughs> <laughs> not to go political because I said I wouldn't do that. But no, uh, no, we we don't yeah, want to go down that road. No, we're we're not... three, four hours. We do that. So yeah. Uh, all right, Dante. Do so you have anything to add about the Michael Jordan or LeBron James? Michael Jordan, hands down, not even close. Come on, Dante. I agree. Come on. So, so Come on. And, and I know he lost majority of them, but this man went to how many? Do you remember a couple? Name, name me four starters on the Cleveland team that one year he took them to the finals. Can you name the other four starters? So, so, Mr. Stiegel, sir, this is what I'm going to say, because I know, I know I'm going to end the, the conversation with this one. Just because you're more athletic don't mean you're more skilled. <laughs> I, there are receivers that ran run faster now than milk. There are DBs. There are DBs that are bigger and faster than Dante Morris. A lot of these guys flash in the pan because they don't have the skill. So Michael Jordan was the greatest of he 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 turned basketball. He should be the logo on the end. No, I, I I agree with you on that. I'm not, and my thing is. I'm I'm born in '79, so I got to watch the, his his greatness all through the '80s and '90s, right? Mm -hmm. And I went when I lived in Atlanta. I went to a couple games. I went to a Hawk uh, Heat game, and I saw mm -hmm. fairly close to. I saw LeBron. Now, let's not get let's make no mistakes about it. Six eight, built, chiseled, should be could be an elite level tight end in the mm -hmm. league. He could do whatever he wanted to do if he wanted to, but. I just like I feel about, about the same way I feel about boxing. It's it's the WWE now. It's not real like that. Like when I was <laughs> same dude. Okay, so one of my favorites from my hometown, and we got a lot of them. But Gary Payton, the glove. I know. Yeah. You ain't you. These dudes don't play no defense. They letting these cats come down and shoot from a different galaxy. They don't. That's no shots. But Dante, the athleticism of these cats now. <laughs> Is light years better right. than these other cats than those right. cats that played back then. Light years. Jordan play right now, Milt. He's averaging forty-five a night. How do we know that? I'm, How do I'm we know that? Going out on a limb. I, the How stuff we know that? Him when so, he was getting mugged back then. So, in the day. so you don't think LeBron would excel back then? LeBron could play, LeBron's not playing in the air, but he's soft. You barely touch him. And soft. He, <laughs> Do you see the pounder that man takes game no, in and game out? No, no, just like this. The the aggressiveness and the and the competitiveness <laughs> is not the same in this watered down NBA that it was in the Ooh. I think the nineties was the best era for the NBA. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna leave you on this one, Dante, on this discussion. Down three to one in the finals. Down three to one in the it's never happened before. And it will never happen again. Hey. Against who? Who was that? Again? <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot. Oh, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> Here's, the deal. Here's the deal. I love LeBron. I think from a, a philanthropist aspect, um, one of the, he is the GOAT. What yeah. he does no. outside yeah. of the game in regards to, um, you know, socially mm -hmm. for our people, I, I'm, I, I'm loving it. I'm, I'm, I'm forever saluting him. I cannot knock that. He is a top five all-time NBA player. Easy. Right. My whole thing is maybe I'm just biased because I, I got about a 50 pair in my closet. I'm, I'm going to shoot. Jordan's in there. I know. <laughs> I got one. <laughs> and, uh, I just, 
I, from what I saw, watch I was I'm I'm and people who know me, you know this man. I'm I'm born and raised from Oakland. I was a Raider fan even when LA brought them for 13 seasons. Right. I'm an A's fan and a Warrior fan before they were even winning. So right. that's just what I'm gonna support my hometown team. I watched basketball because of Michael Jordan. Yes, no, mo a lot of people did. Yes. Um, yes. And and all I'm saying is the things that we saw him do back then were so groundbreaking back then. He was just the ultimate. And to go and the game. all those championships and 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 leave a mark on the game where he changed it forever. Yeah. It's just it's, it's you can't even compare. It's Michael and then the rest of them guys, in my opinion. No, because I, 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 I have a guy who went to my high school who arguably could be the goat, Bill Russell. Yeah, no, definitely having championships. So I don't. I'm I'm not I'm not knocking that mill. I agree with you one thousand percent because I respect your opinion and you actually play. You know what you're talking about. I have a lot of arguments with my young JC players and high school dudes I train, and they just go off hype. Right. <laughs> Same with music. So I tell them, if you were yeah. born in yeah. 1995 or after, you can't debate with me about sports or music. Because right. you don't know shit. Don't know yeah. shit. Don't know <laughs> shit. That's, and that's what I tell them. So, and, and, and I just want to make this quick correlation with boxing. I When I grew up, you know, my dad watching uh, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, Tommy Hearns, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, those are some real battles in them 80s. Yeah, they were going 15 rounds and all this. And you had yeah. to fight them again. You yeah. could, three months, three yeah, months later. There's, there's no ducking, no ducking your opponents. No, people try to give me this, 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 this Floyd Mayweather business. Yes, I think he's great for what he did. I think he's excellent on the business side of it because yes. learned from the mistakes of all the ones who came before. Exactly, came before. That's him. it. But you, he ain't in my top five. He ain't in my top ten because there's some dudes that was really getting busy. Yeah, I he hear you. Class with none of them dudes. I hear you. I hear so, you. I don't know. I'm biased, man. I'm 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 an old soul, Milk. <laughs> I know. It is what it is. It is all, right. all right, guys. Um, I guess to close out the show, I guess one thing I wanted to add when you guys were talking about your favorite moments, um, I I just want to say basically, I'm I'm jealous as a fan because those are some of the moments that I'd want to have, you know, in my life of of some of that camaraderie with the players, conversations, you know, the times, um, you know, getting together and shooting the shit or um, talking about the game or talking about life or watching your guys' kids grow together. And, you know, those are things that I wish I was able to do. Um, so thank you both for coming on to the show today and uh, sharing some of those moments. And maybe, you know, maybe in the future we can have you both on again and, and, and discuss some of those moments, you know, get into yeah. it a little bit more. And I appreciate you. Corey on here, maybe Otis. <laughs> yeah. Otis just yeah. had a baby too, Milk. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. He told I, me. I had to text him. I'm like, it does work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He gonna be he gonna be a grandfather age with a toddler. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't think there's gonna be too much for editing on my part on this one too. I was telling Milt earlier I got about three and a half, four hours, five hours sleep last night. Wasn't a lot. Um, so I thought things might go sideways a little bit, but they didn't. No, that so, worked uh, well. we, it was we all organic. It works out well. I yeah. put put myself up against you, Milt, and I know what you do on TV. And, and you know, I thought, man, I'm with a real analyst here, and uh, <laughs> I've got to impress the man. So, uh, so ho hopefully, we did. No, that was fun. I enjoyed it. I mean, having Don, that, that, it's like having a conversation, like a normal conversation. We're sitting at home watching TV or something, so it makes it a lot easier. It was it was real nice. Happy, I'm I'm happy you had me on. Definitely. That's yeah. the last thing I want to add is it's it's such a joy. Um, 
to see somebody that you that you that you know that's 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 a friend of yours, a peer, somebody that you you look up to in sorts. Um, I remember when Milt first started commentating, I would text him sometimes and be like, "You look good on TV, dog." <laughs> and he hit me back. I guess when they have a break or it was halftime of a game, like I was still playing, and Milt's getting into it. So it's just it's it's dope to see the uh, transition from all of us and everybody. Yeah. I talked to Davis about two weeks ago. We had about an hour conversation, and I'm just I. What's funny is I guess a lot of athletes transition after football isn't that good. I, That's I'm, move. I'm assuming That's because yeah. everybody I talk like, I'm so proud of you, dog. You went and went back to school, did this, you're doing this, you're doing that. You look, man, I'm just blessed and fortunate. And I I I, I just wanna like I said, you gotta you gotta give you gotta give each other one another rather roses because this is a difficult it's difficult and, and, and it's hard to go from playing a long time. We're talking over five and ten plus and yes. to transition into something else after because the uh misconception is dumb jocking, that's all they can do. Mm. And without that, they can't do anything else. And and we debunk those theories all day long. I know me. I, yeah. For a fact, because I know when people used to do interviews with me and I start talking, they look like this. <laughs> I just look like this. I can articulate. He's a little black dude from Oakland, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, brother. I'm I, I'm super proud of you, man. I just seen you mature, and I mean, I knew you were going to be a great football player, but just the person you've matured into, and you realize what you needed to do uh, to make sure you're going to have that success after football. You you grinded. You got your undergrad, got your masters. I wouldn't be surprised if you get your PhD now. So, no. what you say? You done? <laughs> you done, done enough, man. Food. But I'm, I'm I'm just proud of you, man. And every time we, we talk, I just love talking to you, man. I just want to tell you I love you so much, brother. Proud like of you. Big yeah. time. Big time. I appreciate you, uh, Ryan, for putting this together, man. And I, I hope I ain't talk too much. I just, I'm, I'm I, you know, this is this is dope because we do have uh, a lot of downtime with the shelter-in-place stuff. And right. uh, Zoom is, is great. And I was actually um, my high school head coach and my mentor, who's now the running backs coach at San Jose State, Alonzo Carter. He's been putting together this whole quarantine. Um, he's been putting together these minority uh, coach Zoom uh, okay. or minority coaches, like over mm -hmm. four. Where we've had Marvin Lewis, we've had everybody. Oh wow! Okay. Forum, and I, I I'll send you the link, Milk. It's just a dope forum. Talk about recruiting. Talk right. about. X's and O's and the breakout rooms. We talk about everything under the sun in regards to this coaching game and life and mentoring and you know uh, helping uh, other young coaches and it's 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 just a dope platform. We even had a section on Sunday where women coaches mm. well, are in. So. Wow, because they're, they're they're starting to get themselves in the in the mix. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah that's it's, cool. A lot of a lot, you know. Even though it's a negative situation going on in the world, there are a lot of positives coming from this. Yes, and that's 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 amazing. Um, people, voices are being heard. Things are changing. Yes. We even have some the Edmonton Eskimos and the Washington Redskins gonna change their mind. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Yeah, there's those, always those, a silver lining. <laughs> those are the positive things we need to focus on. Sometimes, you know, if you find yourself getting you know depressed on what's going on in the world right now. Um, there's lots of positives too, like Dante said, many, many positives. So, yes. all right, Milt, thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you. Always good talking to you, brother Dante. Always the goat. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. I'm man. 
I can't believe I, I forgot I had this, man. You, you should have had it on. <laughs> you should have had it on. I wish I had one of those. <laughs> I'm gonna get you. Hey, I'm gonna get Ryan, you. I, I may sneak you one. You never know. I may I may get you one. Bill, hey, if, if you can pull that off, I would be your biggest fan forever. I, I, I can do that. Send me your address. I'll send you one. Send me your hey, address. That'd listen, be unreal. You, he could get whatever he wants. Yeah, like I said, yeah, I, I, got, I got some here. I got Milt, some here. I she'd, be hang, she'd be hanging up there, Milt. Okay, no, you send me your address. I'll send it to you. I'm a man. I don't say I'm going to do much. When I say I'm going to do something, Dante know this. I'm going to do it. I'm That's do awesome. It. All yeah. right, guys, I appreciate it very much. Dante, you and I, get like we said before, I mean, I think between you and I, this, this is huge. And uh, I think we've got a really lot of uh, a lot of good things going on here. So, uh, Indeed, I, I appreciate it. And, and like I said, um, I got you got Corey's info. It'll be good. I would like to see you build this. I've had somebody reach out to me. Yo, you should do it. You ever thought about doing a podcast? I'm like, eh, no, but I, I'll try it. So, yeah, I got your back on it, man. I'll do your editing for you. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's and, do it. Yo, I need, I need you to hook me up, man. Slide me in the back door at TSC. <laughs> 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 me too please <laughs> i'll get you guys in <laughs> all right, all right. Get, get yourself some sleep ron thank you i'm not, i'm actually gonna go in my basement and work out for a couple hours so oh, there uh, you go there and, you and go. i'm gonna I put like this that. edit together like that. <laughs> yeah not bad for an old man eh i'm, gonna, I'm about to go smoke me a cigar i will talk ah, to you <laughs> go relax for a second absolutely all right fellas have a good weekend Likewise. thanks again okay. all right Thank you for joining us this week on this episode of Third and One. Please remember to subscribe, leave a review, or share this show.